Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop. I am Kyle Joseph, and alongside me is, as always, Rylan Turner. Rylan, how are you doing? Uh, I've been better. Yeah, I, I feel you, man. So, normally we do our new segment, and we have the, the music and the entrance, and we do try to keep it light on this show as much as we can, because, you know, wrestling is supposed to be fun. Um, I think a lot of people have a lot of fun with it and I don't like to, you know, gatekeep or make the, take this more seriously than, than we need to, but there's days where that just approach just doesn't work. And today's one of those days in the short history of this AEW company, there have been now two active ring participants who have passed away. The first of course was Mr. Brody Lee. And now today we found out that Jamin Pugh, whose ring name was Jay Briscoe, passed away in a car accident. Um, thirty-eight years old, and it is an incredibly sad situation. I kind of have the same. I have the same feeling as I did with uh, the Brody Lee passing. Um, I'm going to let Rylan get into this in a minute, but I do want to say a little bit first, because he has a lot more experience with this, and so I want to give him the time to explore this, but I didn't have a lot of experience personally watching the Briscoes. Uh, I, for one, was never a big ROH guy to begin with, and then I will be the first to admit that, you know, the Stars and Bars was a bit of a bar for, a bar, uh, of entry, uh, for me. It was just one of those things that just was hard for me to get past, but these were two guys who have been true lifers, uh, the Briscoe brothers in, uh, wrestling as a tag team. They have been in ROH and other places for quite a while. And they have made such a name for themselves wrestling pretty much everybody. And the outpouring of support goes to show that in part. But the other thing, the other bit of the outpouring of support today has come from a place of genuine respect and caring for a person who, oh, who was so beloved in this business, who, for everybody who worked with him, had nothing but nice things to say about the guy. He was a guy who, you know, came in and delivered both in the ring and then everyone talking about backstage from wrestlers to referees to crew working on the show had nothing but nice things to say about the guy, about a guy who worked very hard to, you know, bring them up and then make them feel, um, important. And I want to, I only have, but so much to say, and I don't want to ramble too much because I'm, I have very, very heavy, heart in this, but just to go to show, there was uh, Effie, I don't know if you're you're familiar with Effie, who's uh, on the on the indie scene, is um, a very openly uh, gay and proud wrestler. He hosts the, the Big Gay Brunch, I believe it is referred to. Um, a really, really amazing um, part of uh, the wrestling calendar and I want to read his words about this. Jay Briscoe showed me respect and love when everyone told me he wouldn't. If you knew Jay, you knew he would uplift everyone in that locker room regardless of whatever world they came to wrestling from. The best. Rest easy, brother. This this is a hard day for the wrestling world and for us included and to his family um, nothing but respect and love and hoping that they can pull through. I'm not a religious person, but they asked for prayers and I'm happy to, to offer them. And to their two daughters who are in critical condition right now in the hospital, I truly, truly hope they're able to pull through because this is already an incredibly tragic situation. Um, Rylan, I 
Yeah, you're you're welcome to talk as much as you want, man. Um, this one's this one's hard. I've been watching the Briscoe Brothers for the better part of the last two decades. Uh, I got in on Ring of Honor fairly early in their uh, fruition, and um, Jay Briscoe was 18 years old on the first ever Ring of Honor show. He's a two-time Ring of Honor champion. Uh, the accolades. A uh, 13-time Ring of Honor tag team champion. Uh, the accolades are are above and beyond. Like this guy, this guy never made it to a national television. Um, and uh, he never made it to national television. It's unfortunate. Uh, I'm going to start off by saying this: uh, you can't talk about this guy's career without talking about the controversy, uh, the the 2013 comments. Um, but f- as you mentioned. And uh, as has been mentioned by plenty of people who have worked with him, all we can expect, and this is coming from a member of that community, all we can expect from people who make decisions and mistakes like that is that they grow and that they evolve. And there is no salvation and there is no satisfaction without forgiveness. And Jay Briscoe has from all accounts of people who are around him tried to redeem himself for those comments. And I can't sit here and talk about that and, and and talk about this is a man who from all accounts was an amazing brother, was an amazing wrestler, was an amazing father, husband. There's a video circulating around the internet right now of him practicing cheerleading with his daughter during the pandemic. Yeah, I saw that. That broke this me, big. Yeah, it did. Me too. Me, me too. There's this big, burly, bearded man with a bow in his hair just taking care of his kid. And this is fucking hard. This this got the, 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 this is a guy who never made it to the WWE, but the WWE brought him up on television last night. This is a guy who never worked with Triple H, but Triple H went out of his way to tweet about this guy and, and offer his condolences. Everybody. Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn. We haven't heard from Kevin Owens yet, but this is a guy who took the belt, the Ring of oh, Honor title did. off Kevin he, Owens. Kevin Owens uh, tweeted out uh, uh, a well, lengthy. I'm not sure up. if it was on Twitter. I, okay. I will. I will do that. Um, um, this is heartbreaking because we, as wrestling fans and quasi journalists, have to cover death far too often, and often um, we have to talk about death early and it's hard it's very hard to get through this and it's very hard to rationalize um such loss uh it's mark briscoe's birthday today and my heart goes out to him my heart goes out to the family Uh, those two baby girls who are fighting for their lives I, i you said it yourself you're not a religious person nor am i but i i pray i'll pray for those kids i'll pray for this family because if that's what this family believed in and what the, 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 the this guy, I, I would do that for this. You know what I mean? Like that some things are above that. And, and, and certainly, like I said, the controversies that this guy had to go through, this is above that. This is a man who is un- very unfortunately is no longer with us. And I, I'm heartbroken by this. This shook me to my very core. Uh, I had to record uh, World's Funniest Podcast last night, and this news, this news broke seconds before DK called me. And to try and ignore this for an hour and a half and and put that away was the, one of the most difficult things I've had to deal with podcasting. And... I, 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 again, my heart goes out to this family, this guy, I, I'm so happy that I got to watch their, their last match together. Yeah. I'm so happy that I got to review that. And I'm so happy that I, I felt so much about that match that I was able to, you know, or the, that, that I did give them the match of the year because truly they deserved it. And this guy has had so many incredible matches. And so it's not even really about his wrestling. It's just about who he is as a person. And everybody in the wrestling community 
poured out about this guy. Every single person. If you knew, if they knew him, they talked about how, how incredible of a person he was. And if they didn't know him, they just offered their condolences because this is so very tragic and so very hard to deal with. Uh, Kevin Owens thing. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens uh, had this to say. Uh, he had, uh, had a lot to say, obviously. He worked with this guy extensively. Spent hours reading what people had to say about Jamin last night. I watched some of our matches together. I went back and read our last texts to each other. I'm so heartbroken for his family. Every single one of them. I met them over the years. And I met a lot of them because they all stuck like glue. All special human beings that would give you the shirt off their back in a heartbeat if you needed it. That was Jamin, too. There are a few people in this industry I consider pillars of my own career. People I truly feel I would not be where I am today had I not encountered them. Jay and Mark Briscoe are two of those pillars. In 2007, they had the opportunity to make or break two Canadian guys that were trying to put themselves on the map in the U.S. indie scene. I remember walking up to Jay that afternoon before our match and asking what he wanted to do. Never met him before. First interaction we ever had. He heard my question, looked at me with a huge smile across my fa- off, across his face, said, Well, shit, man. Let's go out there and fucking kill it. So we did. We did that night, and we did many times after that. Every match I had with them stands out in my memory among the thousands of matches I've had in my career because working with the Briscoes was special every time. Having the honor of being in the ring with Jay and his entire family as they celebrated after he beat me for their OH title is my favorite moment of my independent career, bar none. It was special for all of them, for the crowd that night, for everyone in the locker room, because for me, Jay was special. I didn't get to see Jamin much after I went to WWE in 2014. In fact, I think we only saw each other once, but it was like no time had passed at all. He came to see a WWE show, and of course, he had his whole family with him. He was so excited and proud to tell me about everything his kids and wife were up to and how great they were doing. He loved his family with everything he had. It was amazing to see them all. We didn't keep in touch very often, but every time we did, it absolutely made my day. Getting a text message from him was always a giant ray, like a giant ray of sunshine. I'm so thankful that I got to have him in my life. I'm so thankful for the mem- laughs and memories. Just so thankful to have known him. I'm a better person for having had the chance. My heart goes out to Ashley and the kids, to Mark and his parents, and to everyone else that knew and loved him. And that's a lot of fucking people, because Jay was special. He was. He was special. You, you could see that. You could see that in the the outpouring of love that he's received. You could see that every single time that guy stepped in the ring. Uh, a, a pro wrestler's wrestler. Um, I know RJ is going to edit some uh, uh, some a bit of a, uh, one of the, his more famous promos into this podcast. Uh, um, but the, not, not enough can be said about the guy, these two, and their promos. And and beyond the fact that they were phenomenal professional wrestlers, CM Punk once compared them to the Diaz brothers of pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, heart goes out to him and or to his family. And I, I yeah, and to the kids. I, I hope that. Made hope for that tag team okay. wrestling. Made um, for tag team wrestling. That's something then, that. Sorry, it's so hard to talk about a person having to talk about their legacy when they're 38 years old because, you know, they should still be here doing it. But yeah, that match, uh, those, that series of matches they had with FTR is a hell of a legacy to leave in this business. And I wish they'd gotten more dog collar matches, man. Uh, made for tag Life team changing. wrestling. Made for tag team wrestling. Life changing that... dog ching. Sorry, go ahead. Brody Lee too. Dog collar matches. Having the like, like, and the the thing is that it's hard because you know Brody Lee wanted to have a really great match, knowing that what he might be facing, but yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to talk about people that it's too early, too soon. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, our our condolences go out to Jamin Poe. Jamin Poe. Uh, Pew. I, I'm not. I'm not 100. percent I'm pretty sure it's Poe yeah. and, and his family. Oh, okay. That's uh, my bad. Um. Yeah. I and I guess I'll say this before we get into the actual show because. We do want to get into the covering the show as well, but I think the big thing is um, I do hope that AEW gets the chance to pay him some tribute next week. I it's hard to do it with uh, with so many people who you'd want to to be there um, not being able to be there, and maybe it's something that they have to to push back uh, and give a little bit of time for before they get to before they're able to do it. Cause again, not being able to do it, or to do it without, you know, without Mark being there or without FDR being there, it would be really, really, really hard. And, you know, you want them to be ready for that. Um, but I, I do hope we do get to see a tribute at some point. Absolutely. It's necessary. It, it, it's, it's absolutely necessary. All right. Um, hard, no easy way to do this, but we're going to get into the show. Uh, now, Kyle, uh, before we get into anything, uh, it's time for dinner before dynamite. Hmm. What'd you eat? I didn't. Yeah. I'm probably gonna have dinner after we record this, but, uh, I didn't have dinner tonight. I am, uh... Uh, it was a combination of a lot of things, but man, like I've been, I've been, I'll be honest, I've been pretty down, uh, lately to begin with, and this news is definitely a bit, is a part of it, but it's a lot of things, man. It just, it just gets you sometimes. Uh, 100%. Life can get you. 100%. I understand. Uh, I'm with you. I did not, I did not eat anything. So, so we're, we're, we're one in the same there. Uh, for sure, we'll have to grab something after this. Yeah. Um,. Let's get into uh, the show tonight. It is time for the Wednesday Night Rundown. So... Orange Cassidy defeated Jay Lethal in an All-Atlantic Championship match to defend that title. We got a video package talking about the main event tonight, which is Darby Allin Kushida in the Open Challenge for the TNT Championship. Top Flight picked up the victory over the Young Bucks in a surprise. We got an in-ring segment between the Gun Club and the Acclaimed, which is going to come to uh, a sit-down next week. Ricky Starks defeated Jake Hager in a match. We had a brief video talking about Adam Cole's return. We got an interview from JAS talking about uh, pitching a tag team match next week with Starks and Action Andretti versus Chris Jericho and originally Sammy Guevara, but it looks like it'll probably be Daniel Garcia. Danielson defeated Bandito in a match. Uh, as part of the MJF stipulations. We then got a video message from MJF. Soraya, Tony Storm, and Hikaru Shida had a video together. They talked about uh, the match heading into tonight and some of the other stuff coming in. MJF and Brian Cage had an interview backstage. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Tony Storm defeated Willow Nightingale in a match. In the post-match, Soraya and Tony Storm turned heel, attacking Willow Nightingale. Ruby Soho came out to make the save, and Hikaru Shida just was sort of there. We had a promo from Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway talking about Jungle Boy wanting to come after him. We had an interview with Rene Paquette and Takeshita, where he said he's going to have Danielson's back against MJF. And finally, Darby Allen defeated Kushida in the main event for the TNT Championship to retain it in a very good match. We'll talk about that later as well. I'll get to my honorable mentions. Oh, sorry, I'll say that's the end of the, the rundown for today. This podcast is brought to you by Spear King. Literally. 
Our producer, RJ, has decided to branch out and brand himself, and we couldn't be more excited to hear that. If you've been with Wednesday Night Wallop from the beginning, you will hear that the production has since improved tenfold, and that's all thanks to Spear King. RJ has worked tediously to hone his production skills, from the opening song to the tidbits of music sprinkled throughout, and the editing of the podcast in its entirety. Spear King puts a royal effort into your product. I know for a fact that we wouldn't have the professional sound that we do without his efforts. So please go support our producer in all of his future endeavors, and don't be afraid to reach out about something you're interested in RJ getting his hands on. That's Spear King Co. on Facebook, at spear.king.co on Instagram and at spearkingmusic on TikTok. Spearking. Music, media, and production. I'll get into my honorable mentions now. Honorable mentions MJF slapping Brian Cage in that interview um, and give and also Prince Nana being sure to tuck away that money because that that's very much uh, some solid character work from him. Also, isn't I don't mean to be whatever. A little bit of minor continuity thing. I'm sure MJF is just sort of talking, but isn't Prince Nana like canonically like the fact that he's Prince Nana means that he comes from probably presumably extraordinary, probably oil wealth. Yeah, I got I got something about that. Let's save that. Let's save that. Okay. Um, and uh, the interview with Takeshita. Um, they, I think they've got big plans for this guy. I, it's so do I. I. I think this guy is about to have the rocket strapped to him. And you know what? All the power to AEW because this guy is a tremendous talent. Could not agree with you more. Uh, I also wanted to do as a down honorable mention to the stuff with the Gun Club and the Acclaimed this week. I thought the rap was good, but... What did he say? What did he say? Because they bleeped it out. Oh, I have no idea what he said at the end. Um, yeah, they bleeped it out on, on... I don't know if they did in the US too, but on TSN they definitely did. I think TSN's just getting a feed from TNT, so I'm assuming that's where the bleep is, but I don't know. Um, I will say this. I think the segment was fine. I'm a little worried. Our... I'm a little worried about what we're getting next week. I've never particularly found the Gun Boys to like. I don't know. There's something you that just seems to be by their name. Damn it! They are the Ass Boys. There's something just I something about it just doesn't work for me or something. But beyond that, like uh, this seems this is interesting. I don't. I am very interested to see what we're, direction we're going. I suspect. It's to get Billy back with them, and I don't know if that's a good idea. This hasn't run its course yet, you know? I really hope you're wrong. They've sold so many t-shirts. Why would you kill that now? I, that's what I'm saying. It's like, we're not... Qu- I'm not quite there yet. Like, I definitely get one no, to change. I need that Scissor Me Daddy ass t-shirt when we go yeah. to the Winnipeg show. Yeah. I need that. It's, it seems... it's To me, it just seems like it's a bit too soon, but... We'll we'll see where that where that goes. Uh, and if we're building to Gun Club versus the Acclaimed, I, um, boy, Top Flight sounds like a much better option, doesn't it? Yeah, and I mean, there's still room for that. I feel like the Gun Club is one of those things that they they're trying desperately to get them to that level where they're believable as challengers. And I I don't think they're there in any way, shape, or form. They're not bothering me as much as they're bothering you. I thought I felt like this week, like they were getting the traditional wrestler heat. And there's as much as I, I know that this is an easy win for the acclaimed. I hope. I hope. Um, I, I don't know. Like it's 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 you know young talent on TV. So I'm hard pressed to complain too heavily about it. But I do see your point. Yeah. All right. So we'll get into the top five. I'll start this week. My number five. We actually had some differences this week, which is we which is always interesting. Last week was very chalk for the two of us, but uh, we had some distinction this week. Um, my number five was the Hangman Page interview. Like, so this is the first time I think we really got a canonical acknowledgement that Renee Young and John Moxley are married. 
Yeah. But the, this interview was so... You, the thing about this interview to me is it's a reminder that there is only one... There's only one person in this company, perhaps in the wrestling world, that would have this interview and for it to make sense and not fall apart and be weird. Because it was, it was awkward, but it was awkward in all the right ways. It was a bit uncomfortable. It was emotional. It was, you know, it was a professional interview where two people were kind of just talking about stuff because that's what they got to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's very interesting, this whole dynamic between Hangman and John Moxley. What's so fascinating about Hangman Page is we kind of, you know, crapped all over his title run. And we didn't. But, like, I think a lot of people were very, like, whatever about Hangman Page's title run. Not only did he have some great matches, he built together some really interesting multifaceted rivalries. And I do think the high of the, the chase with Kenny Omega was definitely a high note. And I can see why a lot of people kind of fixated on, on that as like the high note of the whole thing. But his dynamic with, with Adam Cole, his dynamic with John Moxley, his dynamic with, though it's a little bit awkward now, his dynamic with CM Punk. Um, there's a lot to this character and there's a lot to the, and that makes the rivalries that he has so much more interesting. And let me just tell you something. I want to wait because I want to be patient about this because I don't think it should happen soon. But man, that Hangman Page, or that Hangman Page um, MJF rivalry. Oh, I think it's going to be real good. I do too. I do too. I, I think that there's definitely. They're keeping this guy as relevant as they can without any major title run. He doesn't the TNT title. I don't think he needs that. I, I think he just needs to stay in the hunt for the world title. Um, and a feud with Moxley is a great way to do that. Uh, on top of that, like you said, the, the feud with Punk, the feud with Adam Cole, like this guy. Yeah, you're right. He, he did have he has had some some huge moments in this company, and he's certainly one of their top stars. Um, the interview for me was was fine. I, I, I like I didn't have anything. There wasn't anything about it. I didn't like I, I even think the awkwardness kind of played into the fact that we we do have to reference the fact that Moxley and Renee are together. So I thought that worked. I did not like the the, the little end part, though, like when the camera was supposed to cut away and they just kept you know, shooting them talking to one another. I thought that that was just like, uh, I was like, that's so WWE. And I don't, I don't like to say that nor feel it, but that I felt that especially. Oh, I don't know that it felt, it didn't feel WWE to me because I don't think WWE would do something this like intentionally awkward. That's, that's, that's possible, but anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. I, I, I personally enjoyed this. And again, I think it, it's very interesting to, to continue on this character. Oh, here's the other one. If we need something to keep Hangman Page busy, we don't feel like giving him a title opportunity of any kind. Can we have, can we have Hangman Page and Eddie Kingston, please? <laughs> Eddie Kingston's busy with the House of Black on, on Rampage, man. I, I know, but like, but we don't that would be such Rampage. a good feud, wouldn't it? Now, well, I, I think that would be even if once he gets done, once they get done with that, I think that would be a good summer feud. Like that would be a good all or nothing match. No, I I, I agree with you. Or double or nothing, I should say. Jesus, um, you're, you're mixing two pay per views together there. I I sure am. Uh, double or nothing. That's the summer one. Let's move on. Um, let's uh let's go to your number five. Uh, the MJF promo slash slapping Brian Cage in the face. So uh, after the match with Bandito and uh, 
Danielson, MJF cut a promo, uh, obviously pre-taped, but it was good. I, I like the idea that Danielson's only seen this masked MJF and that there's more to come from him. And, and I, I thought this played in to the storyline a lot better than last week where he just came out and shit all over the guy who Danielson was going one-on-one with. I was really hoping they weren't going to do that with Bandito this week, and I'm, I'm happy they didn't. Um, and then on top of that, offering Brian Cage the money to break Daniel or Danielson's arm next week in their match. Uh, and, and also, yes, uh, Prince Nana, Prince Nana, okay, has been around this business 20 some years. Okay, not only could he be some sort of like oil heir, but he's been in this business for 20 years and always seems to come back at the exact right time. I feel like he manages his money just fine. I feel like he's definitely seen more money than that in his life. Yeah, like, let me tell you something. That drip that he wearing ain't cheap. No, no, and he's been wearing that for 20 years. 20 fucking years, Kyle. Yeah, he claims that he is an... Or, uh, it is, uh, his character is that he is an Ashanti prince, which is... Um, that's a uh, '90s pop star prince. No, that's it's <laughs> it's Ghana. Um, it's it's Ghanaian. Uh, that's where he is said to be from. He is he's yeah he is. Uh, he claims that he is the heir of the Ashanti throne in Ghana. Which yeah. Anyway. I thought I thought that was a positive. I thought also slapping Brian Cage across the face, like okay. So I I brought this up. I brought this up off air, but so AEW has to subtly promote the fact that Dana White's slap league is the was what uh, Dynamite is leading into on TNT, and tonight there were more slaps across the face in ring, out of ring, without actually saying the words Dana White because. Not to, to not a name you want to have to mention on national TV right now. Um, I thought that was genius. How much slapping was going on on this show? Yeah, it's. I here's the thing. I've never been. I'm never. I'm never a big fan of conspiracy theories. But like, oh, that sounds right, doesn't it? <laughs> Couldn't agree. It's just, it's just how I felt. Like, if you look at all the matches too, Darby Allen was slapping, Brian Danielson was uh, was slapping, um, like everybody was slapping in this on this damn show. There was there was a lot of slaps. Um, we'll move on. I'll get to my number four. My number four was Orange Cassidy and Jay Lethal. That's a good opening match. It is lower here because one, we've we've seen this match before. Which is not a bad thing. Like I, I do like revisiting uh, feuds, and this one was a little bit cartoony for my taste. It is a constant reminder that again, I'm a big fan of the OC uh, and his his um, his collective, but this feels like it's a lot of extra people that don't necessarily need to be there. Although I will say this, if they want to keep this feud going and they want something to to do, I'd say maybe add a couple people in. Well, the story I think right now is that the best friends are kind of unsure about OC. They're they're definitely whatever. So to bring them all back together to defeat Jeff Jarrett, uh, Rob's favorite wrestler. Um, um, here's what I will say about this. We have already seen that Jeff Jarrett can go in a street fight context, and we need to do something to prove that Satnam Sting isn't just standing there. And there's a lot of talent, especially in that, in that, um, the Best Friends Collective. There's so much wrestling talent there. If we want an opportunity to build this up quickly and blow it off, this wouldn't be a bad idea for a blood and guts. I I just feel like they're not gonna. I just feel like they're not gonna waste blood and guts on Satnam Singh, my friend. Oh, I, like is I, he gonna be? Is he gonna be your wrestler of the year next year? Oh God, no. Like here's the thing. I don't think. <laughs> but here's the thing. In a street fight, 
I feel like he could be in a street fight. Like, if he's training to be a wrestler and he can't do a street fight, that seems like it would be trouble. But especially, mm-hmm. like, we've already seen how good a street fighting group best friends can be. This I want, is true. I want to see Danhausen actually wrestle. And I feel like we're at the point where, and Jeff Jarrett again, he can go as a street fight. And obviously, if we need any like good actual wrestling, Jay Lethal is more than capable of providing. And in case Sanjay Dutt something to do too, I I don't see Sanjay Dutt doing it, dude. I, I he has been very adamant that he is retired. Every time they've made him wrestle, he hasn't actually done any bumping. Like I just mm. don't. I, he, but, but, he I think the injuries with this. him are 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 too great for him to actually risk it. And that's fair. And maybe they again. I feel like you can do something to pad out the numbers for both teams too. Is you can invite some some extra people to be involved in it. But like. Kip Sabian wouldn't be a bad person to for them to like work with too, and he's right. already been sowing Discord with them. That seems like a great way to blow this off. But here's the thing, Kyle: is like, when are we getting Satnam Singh wrestling? This is what I'm saying: is I feel like this is at least a way to say. This is at least a way to say, or to get him doing something in ring. You know what I, I mean? Guess. Like, I guess this would yeah. at least. This would at least be, or, or like even like a, a lights out match between these two teams. That's, you know I mean? that, that's like, fine. So, I don't want to waste blood and guts on Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Listen, that, that's and like, and I agree with you. I like that's that's where like I get that, but at least I feel like that is something that he is capable of pulling off. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is. You know uh, if they, you know, you know if they did the blood and guts thing, they try and get Satnam Singh to climb that cage. Maybe. Hey, it just he could push somebody off a cage. Oh, no, I don't want to see him try and climb it. That's my problem, Kyle. It takes him I, three I steps, it. but that's fine. I totally get it, but like, yeah, that's that's where we're at. Um, you're number four. <laughs> That was a long. That was a long number five there. Uh, it, it was, Soraya, but I, I do think I like that that pitch. Um, Soraya as a heel. What the fuck is this, Kyle? Like, I'm sorry. So we had Sheeta screw up the match last week. Tease a heel turn the week before, and with the tweet, with the reaction to uh, Soraya t- choosing um, Tony Storm as her partner. Uh, which, by the way, like, what's going on with Mercedes Monet? Because, like, is this how we're bringing her uh, in to go against the heel Soraya? Soraya? I, I have no idea. I don't know if that's like. Here's the thing. I don't think she's wrestling before her match with Kyrie. Well, that's at the end of the month, though, so that's not that bad. No, I or know. Is it but at I'm the beginning like of I, February? I, I thought it was beginning of February, but I don't think she's wrestling before that. Okay. Okay. I can that's, see that. That's my guess. But. I just, what is this? Like, don't get me wrong. She's a, she's a great heel, but like, she just got there. She is easily the most, um, I would say like she, she, she's the best baby face they probably have on the roster right now. You heat her up, you put her in a title picture. It's gold, especially with fucking, especially with, um, Jamie Hayter as the champion. Like what? This is this. It, it's it's made the story is making itself, but they're getting in their own way. And I, I, I get it. If they want to do Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter first, that's fine. But like, I don't know. I feel like Soraya is the perfect person to have as a baby face. And this move at the end of the match to just have her attack Willow was ridiculous and stupid. And, and I, I don't agree with it at all. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I. Uh... It's hard for me. Like, oh, you know what? Before you continue, I do want to make one more point. Also, if you're going to put the women in between Danielson and Bandito and Darby Allen and Kishida, fuck off with that. Like, you're not giving them any chance to succeed. Or time. Yeah, that match, too. That too. match was really quick. Also, I don't want to be this guy, but like... Is there a reason we're having them beat Willow Nightingale right now? 
she just had one of the women's matches of the year on Rampage last week in that bloodbath that she had the tag match with um, Ruby, Ruby Soho, Soho and Ty Mello and uh, what's oh God? I'm so sorry. What, what is her name? Anna J. Like, yes, Anna J. I'm sorry. Why are we? You're right. You're 100 right. This woman just got this amazing win on Rampage, and then she goes and she loses to Tony Storm in like five fucking minutes. Yeah, and that's not to say Tony Storm isn't a good wrestler, but like with Willow, I feel like we should be like heating her up after something like that, right? Yes, and not making yes, her an 100%. afterthought with Ruby Soho. You know what? You know what a better idea would have been. Because like the images from that match were that Ruby Soho bled horrifically, and and she did. Like yeah. I have to go back and watch that match because that looked like a, a like a brutal match. But if you would have had Ruby Soho in this in this match, and then had her like you know obviously worn from that experience, they did this when JBL and uh, Eddie Guerrero were feuding. The, their first mm. match with each other, Eddie bled ridiculously and then the following like week on Smackdown they had Eddie faint because of the fact that he had so much blood loss this would have been Mm -hmm. a perfect spot for Ruby Soho especially because then you could attack her afterwards and it would seem even more like disgusting to do it if you're going to do the turn here's the thing about this is it's like there's for a lot of reasons Paige when when she was Paige, Soraya was a better counterculture anti-hero, if not a face. Uh, and, and then she, and I think she was always better as a face than she ever was as a heel. And now, especially when she's coming back, she's got legendary status. Mm-hmm. I get, and there's so many heels. They have so many heels. I get wanting to, you know, freshen this up. And it is a subversion of expectations, certainly. But, and do I want to see badass um, anti-hero Hikaru Shida beat everyone down with kendo stick? Yes, of course I want to see that. Who wouldn't? But, like, this feels like a losing move for both of the, like... I do think Tony Storm is a better heel than she is a face, but it's close. But Soraya is a better face, and like was when she was young too. Mm-hmm. And now we're at a place with her where we don't really want to boo her. Why? We'll see where this goes. I don't want to be too harsh about this necessarily, but it's I have concerns. Oh, Let's Kyle, Kyle, in the immortal words. Of, uh, what is his name? Uh, are you are you familiar with Kirby enthusiasm? I am. I okay. haven't seen a lot of it, but be, I, I am familiar. Be rude, Kyle. Be rude. <sighs> oh boy. Um, I will say this. Oh, by the way, uh, in case you wanted to know, it's February eighteenth. Is Jesus really? Okay. Well, I gotta yes. watch that one because I promised everybody a Wrestle Kingdom show, and it's not happening. Battle in the Valley. Um, Battle in the Valley is only twenty bucks on fight. I might, I might have to pick that one up myself. Okay, well uh, then, if, if you're we, doing that, then we we have got <laughs> to talk about that, my friend. Uh, we we should we should think about it. Uh, Jay White versus Eddie uh, Kingston is also on that book for that show, and that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, that that sounds great. Um, and Kazuchika Okada, uh, or Shingo Takagi versus somebody for the. They're doing the heavyweight championship on there too. Okay, and uh, Kenta's wrestling there too. They've got a lot of good wrestlers on that show. Well, it's it's definitely going to be Okada. I can't feel. I feel like they're not going to put the title on Takagi yeah. right away. So you're getting Okada. I agree on that show too. Yeah. So me For and you someone. have never sat down and watched a, an Okada match together. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. We watched. Uh, yeah, we have Forbidden Door, but that that was we a four way. That was a that's it different. Was. Sorry. Um, also, also, uh, David Finley and uh, Bobby Fish on the pre-show. Sure, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Come on. Why not? Let's get crazy um, in February, man. Uh, sure. All right. So we'll get. We'll move on. Uh, we both have the same number three. We're past number four, right? We both have the same number three. It was Kashida and Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. This was interesting. 
it's cool seeing Darby Allen wrestle a technical match. Because we saw, like, I remember distinctly how um, grounded the match between MJF and Darby Allen was when they had that on pay-per-view. But this was this was very grounded. It was very Kushida, Kushida style. Um, and Darby showed his ability to wrestle. Like, he's, just, again, we know him for the death-defying horribleness, and we saw some of that, too, because he has no regard for his 170 pounds, every one of them hurting today. But he is a very, very good grounded wrestler when he wants to be, and obviously Kushida is, you know, a legend and, you know, incredible talent, and he showed that again today because he always does. But this is a really good match, and... A good title defense, and like for an open challenge, this is exactly what you want, right? Yeah, I am interested to know if Kushida is going to be sticking around. I, I mean, he he, he, he is signed with New Japan, so yeah, yeah. I you know, I, and you know, he, I think he's probably you're right. He's probably going to stick there. He said he said he wants to be there for the rest of his career. But I will say this: now with that working relationship, I definitely expect to see him at a couple forbidden doors if we're doing that pay per view going forward. Absolutely. Uh, there's so many dream matches to be had with Kushida. Danielson, that's a big one for me. Like, mm. and that one could have been. That one could have been, Kyle. I want to see Kenny Omega get his win back. There you go. All right. We'll move on. Um, we'll talk about. So, we'll talk about my number one first. Uh, by the way, we had each other's. We could we each couldn't decide on the number one. We both had the same matches, number one and number two, but the order was different between the two of us. I had Danielson Bandito number two, and Top Flight versus the Young Bucks number one. Ryland had the reverse. Let's talk about Top Flight and Young Bucks first. Oh boy, this is a good match. Yes, uh, amazing athleticism between both teams. I it, like. I love another high flying match of the year candidate. Yes, yes, definitely. And but what's more, like what, what for me, what really hit home was the fact that the Young Bucks put these guys over. Yeah, and they, they don't did. like they don't have to do shit like that. And this team needed that win, much like you mentioned off air. Private Party did uh, all those years ago when when Dynamite first aired and first started, and the tag team tournament was building, and. This is the perfect jumping board for for Top Flight to really take flight, pun fully intended. Yeah, uh, I agree with you 100%. Obviously, a, a very good match between these two teams. And uh, yeah, the right team won. I know they're the trios champions, and you don't, you don't want to uh, give them too many losses. But this is a good pickup victory for top flight it gets them back on the radar which again they had a really good match in roh but again separate companies so now it's interesting to see what they're going to do with them going forward and i really really want to um yeah i want to see i want to see them get into the title picture that's the direction i'd like to see them go mm-hmm. I think that's just the, that that's the next step really. Few more wins and and they're in there. Yeah. And the thing is it, once you beat the Young Bucks, you don't have to beat teams like the Young Bucks going forward. No. You know what I mean? They can beat the Gun Club. They can beat, you know, uh they could even beat the Dark Order. I agree. They could. Um there's there's definitely some interesting ways you can go about it, but for sure I think we got to go to I, I would I want to see them fight for the title. Like the things that's the other thing is even if they lose, that's something. It's fair. That's fair. We'll move on. Yeah, we'll move on. Um, to yours. This was this was also this was such a good like it was one one versus one a for me this week. Uh, this was a great match. Mm-hmm. Bandito and Brian Danielson. As soon as this match was announced. I was sold. I was sold that this was going to be a great. I, I was hoping it was going to be the main event, but that's fine. Like, I, I totally get it. Uh, the title match goes on last. Uh, but 
this was so damn good. Like Danielson and Bandito have never, ever wrestled before. So, yeah, the fact that these guys got in there is a good first showing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Everything was great. Bandito's. uh, I I love the Spanish um, fall away slam. That that move is and it, don't get me wrong. It looked like it could have gone wrong in this match, but they were able to make it work. Uh, Danielson is so fucking good. So fucking good at what he does. And I, I think that there was a I, I think that there was definitely a overwhelming feeling of I feel like Bandito was excited for this match. You could see how energetic he was and to be able to re- be able to wrestle Brian Danielson on national TV it is I mean he's already had a match against Chris Jericho this guy is having all these dream matches these are all these this is his introduction to AEW is he's having all these dream matches with all these legends and that he's always going out like whether he's losing or not on top because he looks fantastic and I don't know like for me these guys stole the show um Darby Allen and and Kushida they 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 were very good too. Obviously, Top Flight and the Young Bucks were amazing. Uh, one spot I do want to point out, uh, and it's not in this match, but it's uh, in the Darby Allen Kushida match. Um, that spot on the floor with Kushida sitting in the chair, and then Darby Allen going up to try and hit the the, the shotgun drop kick, and then being caught in the armbar. What is that? What is that? That is insanity, just insanity. So Sheeta is uh, I thought that, that was butter in the ring. He really is, but no. Uh, but that's the like thing. Going... There were spots in all of these matches, like Top Flight and the Young Bucks. All of their uh, the high flying stuff. Like I, you know, I just love Top Flight's on tag teams when they're in the corner and they go back and forth in the middle of moves tagging each other. It's so darn impressive. And then yep. obviously Danielson Bandito, you mentioned the fallaway slam, but them going back and forth and getting each other in the Romero special and uh, the Romero special, right? Yes. Yeah, and um, uh, counters on counters on count like they, these two were so spectacular in the ring together. Absolutely, like not enough can be said about uh, this match, and I and I really am excited for more Bandito <laughs> matches, dream matches on Dynamite. That's all this guy gets is just dream matches, no matter what the match is. So, I think that brings us to the end of the show um rylan why don't you tell the people where they can oh actually before we do the social media reach out what do you give this show i'm gonna give this show a 4.5 i thought it was pretty hot i the only spot i really didn't like was the uh uh, was the saraya heel turn um and i just the otherwise 4.5 to me feels fair this every match was great um, the, the the women's match was poorly placed, but it, they the women still delivered. They, they still went out there. Oh, it was, good it was actual wrestling. Oh, for sure, it wasn't a it wasn't WCW two thousand. Kyle, yeah, it was a good match. Like let's like let's be clear, it was a good match. It was just for me, it was too short. That was the right. Best thing. And oh yeah, oh I, yeah. I don't want to say the wrong person won. I just said like Ugh, I just wish she didn't have to lose. Now. Maybe maybe though, but. Yes, I yeah, I think I got to agree with you. 4.5 sounds really good. So before we get into the social medias, though, uh, we do have uh, like an, a, a drop eminently coming. Drive to Rewind is coming. And we should talk a little bit about this. Uh, drive to Rewind? Yes, Drive to Rewind. We uh, have two yes. episodes oh, of this yes, show we coming. should talk about this. So it was announced that Drive to Survive is coming back in February season 5. We're gonna do this properly and review that show probably a couple episodes at a time. We're probably gonna give several, um, do several of these episodes or several of the the podcast reaction shows. It'll be fairly short I imagine, but we do want to do a show for the first four seasons. Not one probably split into two shows i think between that yeah i was gonna say let's do two yeah um just to go over everything that we've seen so far and what we've enjoyed this is a a really really good documentary and 
Um, it is a sign, given what I, I do think. It's one of those interesting things because I think if Formula One as a whole had a choice, they wouldn't do it anymore. I, I do think a lot, like enough of the drivers and enough of the people in the behind the scenes are like not really wanting to do it. That like there's exceptions. Every time Daniel Ricardo is on screen, he wants to he wants to be there clearly, um, or at least that's the that's the perception. And also, uh, the guy who runs um, which team, the Haas team, is so like Gunther. Yeah, so hilariously dejected in every way. Yes, just like. I, but in such a like entertaining way, I could talk. I could gush about the show a lot. I think it's very, very good, and it's doing wonders for Formula One, particularly in the U.S. market where they have never mm-hmm. ever really had anything. Um, I, I, we, we're going to talk about this, and if you have paid attention to this last Formula One season, there's going to be some stuff to talk about. So I cannot wait for this series to drop or the season to drop rather. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into it uh, sometime, probably in advance of February, and then well, late January or early February. Expect some episodes to be coming about this, and then uh, once we get into February proper and Drive to Survive drops, we are. I, we chew through this thing pretty quickly, so we're going to have to get some episodes out pretty soon. February 24th is apparently when it's, it drops, uh, which I think is like a week before the season starts. So <laughs> they have this thing timed out very, very well. Yeah, It's you- a very good recap. If you're a fan of Formula One, I would recommend that you check this out. You probably already have your fan, but if you haven't, check this out and even if you're not a fan because like I was a fan when I was seven but after Jacques Villeneuve kind of stopped winning races I stopped paying attention or like I would follow it but not like uh, and I fell out of it kind of the same way I did with wrestling if you have not had the opportunity to check this out give it a shot it is highly entertaining agreed Uh, I, I could give two shits about car racing until I started watching this show and suddenly I'm playing the video game and suddenly, you know, I'm paying attention to the season. And, and Kyle's right. This this season has a lot to be said. So I'm very much so, like I said, looking forward to the season dropping. I'm looking forward to, to hashing out uh, four seasons of television over two episodes with, with Kyle uh, and getting that out to you guys. Um, so, again, if you have listened to the last, like, four minutes or five minutes of this podcast, look forward to that. Kyle and me are going to be sitting down to review the Royal Rumble 1999 this month as well for uh, Wednesday I Rewind. Rob is looking forward to this. He's getting his facts ready. Um, other than that, Kyle, tell the fine folks who listen to this podcast where they can find us on social media. On Twitter remains a thing. Uh, Twitter is at WMWallop. Instagram at WMWallop. We're on Facebook. Search Wednesday Night Wallop. Rowan's name. Kyle's name. That's us. If you want to check me out on Twitter, I don't do a lot of tweeting, but feel free to if you want to. I am at LaRegendaryKJ. That is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. If you want to check out Rylan on the Twitter machine. Rylan, where would they find you if you want, if they want to? Uh, they can find me at at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. You can also expect some sports reports dropping this month. No dates. We're, we're not doing dates right now. We're, we're just, we're, we're going to surprise you with some shows. So look forward to that. Kyle, send the fine folks listening to this podcast home happy. Um, thank you for listening to all the way to the end of the show. We appreciate each and every one of you, and you have been walloped. Good night. What you got, Davey Richards walking around with his little title belt and a mouthpiece in? This pro wrestling, son. Hey, brother, hey, Terry Funk ain't wearing no mouthpiece. Hell no, Terry Funk ain't wearing no damn mouthpiece. Bruce Brody ain't wearing no mouthpiece. Doing your little jujitsu, getting focused and shit. Talking about I'm focused. I'm kicking this bag. I'm focused for my match. Shit. That's where we different, boys. We a different type of people. We ain't got time to be focused. Focused. Shit, we live on a farm. We got to get shit done. We ain't got time to walk around being focused. 
Do I look like, does it look like stable thoughts go through my mind? Do I look like a rational thinker to you? This guy, I guarantee you, he ain't no rational thinker. Shit, we walk in there on Dr. Phil, he shit is Damn, son. My bad, I thought you was finished. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.